I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. Something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come on to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Rolling this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Ah, what is going on, everybody? It's Saturday. Anthony. Yo. How you doing? Wow. Feeling good. And uh, it's only appropriate that it's Saturday, two-year anniversary. We're fucking late. Tradition continues. Yes, it does. Sorry about that, folks, but uh, yeah. we had a little, uh, of course, audio issue. I'm not 100% sure we even have it fixed, but we said, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> it's what we do. Eh, fuck it, let's try it out. If uh, if it comes back, we'll figure it out as we go. But uh, it seems right now like it's nice and quiet and clear. So I think we're okay right now. All right, yeah. so I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm blaming Shaheen's ghost. I, dude, always. That's like the new go-to. Shaheen's ghost. Go to. Yep, I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. Two fucking. Ah, damn, man. Um, and uh, before we kind of get rolling with the movie, I just want to say first off, you know, to you, sir, I couldn't, have th- I couldn't think of a better co-host to do this show with. Want to thank you and Shane Blunt because you guys over the past four years, going on five, built the brand and allowed me to be a small part of it. I don't take that lightly, and I'm humbled by it. Well, thank you. And uh, we are glad you're a part of it. I mean, what would we do without you, you know, the rain men? You guys correcting us and shit. It's what you guys do. It's what you guys do. So, man, yeah, it's been fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, this, uh, man, we've done a lot of really good movies. Like, good fucking. And you know what's crazy, Bob? This started as a one-off. Can you believe it? It started as a one-off on a random Saturday morning. Or Saturday afternoon, I should say. Yeah, exactly. We just did uh, Ready to Rumble. Yeah. And then we kept going from there. I mean, we've done fucking 
Goodfellas. Warriors. A Terminator 2. Yes. Jesus, man. You name it. We've done it. Yeah. And if you guys really want to have some laughs, I recommend going back and listening to the uh, Dazed and Confused episode because I literally, on that one, was Dazed and Confused. Yeah. And <laughs> you're all welcome to skip the uh, Fat Beach episode. Um, <laughs> no, we need we need all the downloads we can get, sir. I still wish <laughs> that one included. I still wish I called in sick that night. Uh, <laughs> if there's ever been a night I wanted to call in sick, that was the night I wanted to do it. But a night I'm glad, I'm sure you're glad you did show up for was the Bronx Tale. I, I, in terms of like complete shows, I mean, I've had fun with all the shows we've done, the good, bad, and in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I feel like top to bottom, that's probably our best episode. Yeah, Bronx Tale definitely was, man. We we broke that motherfucker down. Yes. And, and, and you, but you know what? In all fairness, that is the type of movie that every question gets answered. It's so easy to break a movie down when it's that well written, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, De Niro and Chaz Palminteri had a lot to do with that movie. So props to them for making a movie that answers all the questions that are supposed to be answered and not leaving very much to fucking guess. Absolutely. And you know who else we should get props to? Our chat room, the listeners, the Patreons, the non-Patreons, sincerely, folks, uh, any art form, especially one that we do, the podcast, is nothing without this, without his fan base, and we are nothing without you guys. So, all the old school guys, the Weaves, the uh, Smarks, Tommies, Bobby, shout out to you, sir, Bobby Anthem, part of the family. Thank you all for the support. Definitely, man. Definitely. I'm just trying to lower you down, but uh, I'll take care of that. Don't worry. about Actually, you can turn yourself down a little bit. That'll be fine. Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Then I can turn you up a little bit. We'll work it out. Yes. So there you go. Everything should be good now. Hopefully. What's his name? That 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 Shaheen guy will tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. We're starting off in rare form. <laughs> that Shaheen guy will tell us what's going on. But yes. um, Public, publicly and privately, yeah, <laughs> we'll hear about it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But uh, I don't know. I I got a feeling you're better. Hopefully you are. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, man. Too. I mean, like I said, man, we've done so many fucking movies, and of course we haven't even put a dent in the old uh movie bin. So there's a ton more to come. Hopefully, uh, we are gonna go to biweekly. Gonna start putting a couple of these on uh, Patreon for everybody. Um, we'll do pretty much, I think we're going to do a lot more newer movies on the Patreon. Um, we'll just, I, I think we're going to start doing some newer movies either way. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. So, but tonight we are not doing a newer movie. Tonight we are going back. We're going in the way back machine to 1993. We're yes. going back to the Sandlot. Yes, the Sandlot. And, ooh, I know, Box, I've taken some shots at you. <laughs> Some old jokes, but uh, once you know, I'm I, you know, born in '85, mm-hmm. and uh, so I basically the '90s was my era, late '80s into the '90s. So once once I started looking at it, and like you know, move, once movies from like the '90s start hitting that 20, 25, 30 year, god damn, you feel old. Oh, trust me, dude, old I know. <laughs> you, god damn, I'm like, you know, Topanga just turned thirty seven years old. She's literally only like what three, four years older than me. I'm like, once the fucking cast of Boy Meets World starts hitting, like, middle-aged territory almost, 
you you feel like an old bastard, boy. Yeah. You start to you start to feel your age. Uh, I get it, man. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But um, I don't know, man. It's almost like uh, I mean, I was Jesus Christ, what was I? Eighteen when this movie came out. So you know, but you were you were like eight, right? Yeah. Oof. No, actually, I probably was like seven. A few months. Let me see. I'm checking the date here. April 7, 93. So it's a few months from my uh, eighth birthday, yes. All right. So, yeah, this movie was probably really right up your alley. And I, even as I get older, like looking back on it, I think it's up everybody's alley. You know why? Because everybody, you know, as you get older, everybody's experiences change. Everybody goes through different shit. But the one commonality amongst us all, we were all kids. Oh, and yeah. I like that. And I like the slick way this movie kind of addressed issues without beating you over the head with them, as we'll kind of go through. Yeah, it did, and I mean, you, you know, like I said, we're, we're doing the Sandlot, and it was really a movie about best friends told by one of the best friends, uh, Tom Geary, who played Scotty Smalls, was actually the best friend that uh, pretty much told the story, and his best friend in the movie was played by Mike Vitar, or Vitar, uh, Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much the main story of the movie, the... uh other part of the movie is about a giant dog, and I mean a fucking giant dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big dog. Big dog. This is a real big dog, not like Roman Reigns, the big dog. Yes. And we also, we'd be remiss if we didn't admit, uh, mention Dennis Leary, James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. And uh, Weaves is 100% right. Mike Vitar is, was in NYPD Blue as a teenager. Uh, and that was in 1996, so only three years after this movie. And uh, another person that was in this one was Daniel Zacapa, was also in NYPD Blue. Uh, Daniel was uh, the police. That's who he was. So two people, yeah. two NYPD Blue references. You're welcome. So, Box, let me ask you. Yes, sir. That's like, the, obviously, that's become like a gimmick of the show, the uh, NYPD Blue Deal. Mm -hmm. As we enter year three, do you think those will start to slow down, or you think we can still keep that, get some mileage out of the gimmick? Oh, I think even with newer movies, it'll still pop up. Dude. You'll see. I'm telling you, I, I think this might be the year to do like an NYPD Blue-themed episode. This might be the year. It might be. Three years in, bro. It might be. I mean, I'm down. I'll tell you that right now. I'm fucking down. I could talk NYPD Blue. I mean, I'm on season eight right now. <laughs> well, who knows? We're, we're inching towards episode 100. Yeah. yeah so stay I'm, tuned. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on season eight right now. So that's, uh, that's definitely an idea. But, uh, yeah, man, this, this, like I said, man, this movie obviously, um, and well, did you say James Earl Jones? Or did you mention him? Oh, yes. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. James Earl Jones shows up at the end of the movie. Uh, let's see. We got a few friends here we got to mention. Uh, let's see. We mentioned Tom. Tom and Mike. We mentioned. Uh, we need to mention Patrick Renna, who we yes. have, we did speak about in an earlier episode. You can uh, check out on uh, Son in Law. Yes, sir. Yeah, we did talk about him. We have Chauncey Leopardi. Yeah, that's right, Leopardi, who plays Squints. Um, yes. Matty York plays Yeah Yeah, who we'll uh, we'll talk about a little bit more. Uh, Brandon Quinton Adams played Kenny. Grant Gelt was Bentram Grover Weeks. And then we have two more. We had Shane Obazin Obadiz Obadizinski as Tommy Repeat Timmons. 
Man, you're gotta, killing me, Box. You're killing me. I got to start letting you read. Hey, that's not even a that, that, that's a total white boy name. I mean, Jesus Christ, I can't even read the fucking Pollock name. Fuck, what's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> and Victor Dematia as Timmy Timmons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Box, that was a nice subtle throwback to the uh, Tupac episode. Yeah, was, I know. Was, I, I, know I know. Weave knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> of course he does. Um, and Karen Allen is in this movie as, uh, as, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tommy or Scotty Small's mom. Uh, we spoke about her. We talked about her in Animal House. Yes, sir. Yes, we did. Uh, she was in a episode of Blue Bloods a little while ago. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But, um, <laughs> now, uh, these kids really got along very well together, uh, on and off the camera. Yes. You, you could see it. Um, now, in order to establish the close bond, though, between Smalls and Benny, the director actually had those two meet and rehearse together weeks before the rest of the kids even showed up. Uh, so it, you know, I mean, the other kids actually believed that they had been best friends before. So it worked, obviously. But, uh, really, obviously you can see that these kids had some really good chemistry together. You know, thank God they did, but you could really see that they were having a good time together. Now, it's the the rumor is that they all snuck in to see the rated R movie Basic Instinct during filming uh, of this. They all snuck out and went and saw Basic Instinct. Yes, yes. So, so that goes to show you, Box, that TikTok is timeless. Oh, dude, TikTok is always going to be fucking always. Yes, always, always, always. There's there's never going to be a bad time for. But, uh, yeah, this, um, I have not seen, I'll tell you what, when I sat down and watched this movie, I realized, I don't think I've seen this whole movie. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've sat and seen this whole movie. Um, now another person we need to mention is Marley Shelton as Wendy Peppercorn. Ah, yes. Uh, definitely need to mention her, because we're going to mention Wendy a little later in the movie. Um, really not many more people in this movie that are, uh, of note. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we should just get into the movie. I do not have a lot of clips. You guys are actually going to fucking hear us talk more than we play clips tonight. But uh, I do have a few clips. I do have a few. I've got about uh, 12 clips here. Yeah. And I guess we start off where it sort of introduces the movie. This is one of those, uh, you know, summertime movies where the, uh, you know, the the kid Scotty Small sort of moves to uh, a new place right before school's letting out. It's yes. set in uh, Los Angeles in 1962 and moves in with his mother. You know, he's there with his mother, his stepfather. And, you know, his first few weeks there are horrible. But we'll get into all that. I'll go ahead and play the first clip, which, uh, like I said, it sort of introduces the movie. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, roll it. Oh, wait. Now, did I share this? Did I do the share? I have not. Sh- all right. So here we go. I'm going to play this. There is one all-time history of sport, and it happened in the 32 World Series. The story goes that in the bottom of the ninth inning, with two outs, a full count, and the tying run on base, Babe Ruth raised his arm and pointed to the center field bleacher. No one believed it, because nobody had ever done it before. But the Babe was calling his shot. On the next pitch, the great Bambino hit a towering 400-foot home run. And even although he'd been a hero before that, That's pretty much how he became a legend. Thirty years later, a kid named Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez became a neighborhood legend. It was in the greatest summer of my life when he taught me how to play baseball and he became my best friend. 
and he got me out of the biggest pickle I'd ever be in. All right, and we will get to that pickle, I promise you. Um, man, I can still hear that hiss. I don't know, chat room, let us know if you can hear that hissing or if it's just something in my ears. Um, please let me know. But uh, Weebs brings up here the budget for this movie was $7 million. The box office hit $33.8 million. That is a big movie. Um, yes. But this movie deserved to be big. Yes. Um, when, in doing some research for the film, uh, one interesting uh, comparison, and I actually agree with it, it's been called the uh, a summertime version of A Christmas Story. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I would. And it's probably better than the actual version called A Summer Story. Um, <laughs> no, there really is a movie called that. And wow. It's the same two characters. Uh, all right, so they can hear that noise when it comes in our ears really hard, Anthony. We may have to break and restart. Um, if it comes back like that again, we're going to have to get that work. Um, so, yeah, but there you go. And we will get into the, like I said, we will get into the pickle he is talking about a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, like I said, this movie starts off with uh, little Tommy, uh, little Scotty Smalls. Uh, there we go. There's that hiss again. Let's try to get through a few of them. But, uh, yeah, he moves into the neighborhood. Uh, and the first person he actually sees is Benny. And he waves sure. to him. Benny gives him a little in- head nod. A little island head nod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how, I love how far back the head nod goes. You, for you youngsters out there, that is not a new thing. That's been around for years. It's the universal acknowledgement of a person that you can't, you know, necessarily want to shake their hand or say hello to directly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, now his, now Scotty's stepfather is really in the baseball, which yes. obviously comes into play in this movie. Obviously, there's a lot of baseball in it. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we obviously have to mention. And again, his stepfather is Dennis Leary, who I completely forgot was completely awesome. Dennis Leary. Yes. Yes. Very, very good, Dennis. Um, but yeah, he is in this movie and not a huge part, not a very big part in the movie. But, um, you know, Scotty asks his dad if he can teach him to play catch a little bit. Basically, he just says yes and sort of shines him on like, yeah, 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 get out of here, get out of here. They don't get along very well at this point, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, he does put a baseball with Babe Ruth's signature on it on the shelf. And that we will get into. Um, now, we did say Scotty, he's one of those kind of shy kids. And at one point, he does finally get the balls to go up and try to talk to these kids. And uh, let's hear a little bit of that. How does that sound? And yes, Leary is a legit Red Sox fan. He is a Bostonian. And Bostonians are rabid Red Sox fans. They despise the Yankees. Despise them. So, all right, let's go ahead and play a little bit of this. Once after school, I'd never seen any place like it. It was like their own little baseball kingdom or something. It was the greatest place I'd ever seen anyway. But they were good. Real good. And all I had was a plastic toy mitt that my grandmother gave me for my birthday when I was six. But when I finally got up enough guts to go out there and try and make friends, I found out that they never kept score. They never chose sides. They never even really stopped playing the game. It just went on forever. Every day they picked up right where they left off the day before. It was like an endless dream game. There was only eight of them, so they didn't have a whole team. So even though I didn't know how to play, I figured I could be the ninth man and maybe just stand in the outfield somewhere and take up space. Squish! Of course, 
if I'd have known what was going to happen when I got there. I got it! I probably never would have gone. Nice cat! All right, so let's talk about what happened when he went there. Probably the best way to do it. Um, basically, he goes there. It's the usual kid story. You know, he goes there. He's kind of a nerdy kid. He has a hat with the uh, the brim of the hat is like the size of him. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. But he's sort of the the nerdy kid. He, you know, doesn't have on t-shirt, doesn't have on jeans. He's got on, you know, kind of a button-down shirt. Looks a little more preppy, I guess, than the other kids. I don't know if that was a... Uh, I'm not sure what the word would have been in 1962. So, whatever. But sort of preppy. Um, and Benjamin... It would have been called a square. A square. There you go. Thank you. Um, Benjamin hits the ball, though. Like I said, you know, they're obviously playing baseball, hitting the ball around. And it smack dab hits this kid scotty right in the fucking head um so that's his introduction to these guys getting cracked in the head uh but the ball lands right by the fence now anthony yes let's talk about the beat yes we have to let's go ahead this is a, a giant dog i'm actually not sure what kind of dog that is it looks like a great dane probably probably is it is a very big dog but uh, he goes to the fence, he goes to get the ball, and literally, whenever they show the, the shadow of this dog, it looks like a fucking dinosaur. Like, Jurassic Park is happening in this movie every time they show this dog. You know, and not just show the dog, but, um, you know, show the, the shadow of the dog. And, uh, you know, he goes to, uh, he gets the ball, Scotty, he goes to throw the ball back to him, and holy girly throw. I mean, Anthony. Can you throw better than this? Please tell me. Yes, I can. I I was I was embarrassed for him. Now, like like I said, look every look being an athlete, being athletic is a special talent. Not everybody can pull off athletics. No shame there. But just you know, as just a, as a matter of pride as a man, you got to have some power behind your arm. Yeah, but you know what though, we did say he grew up well being kind of nerdy. You know, it shows him in this scene he's playing with his erector set. And yes, I said Erector. Go ahead, laugh. Here, I'll give you a minute. Okay. Uh, yes. So, you know, he's playing with that. He's making all kinds of things out of that that, you know, shoots little balls. Go ahead, laugh again. And, uh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> but we need a laugh track. No, we don't. <laughs> you no uh, sell a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, yeah, you know, so he's sitting there. Well, you know, he grew up a little more nerdy. You know, they, they even said, you know, you gotta, you know, you think too much, you must get straight A's, and his line was, no, I gotta be once. This is a kid that everyone, I hate It was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was the kid. This was the kid that asked, well, you didn't give us any homework. Yeah. Yeah, this is the kid. Is this confessional time with Boxman where you talk about how you used to throw kids like this in a locker back in the day? No, I was never big enough to be a bully. I was always bullied. <laughs> You're either one or the other, I guess. But um, once again, though, we go to the next little scene after, you know, he's talking to his mom a little bit, old Scotty. We go to the next scene and he's begging Dennis Leary, the you know, Bill, as to play cat. And uh, it doesn't go very well. The poor kid does not have an arm. Huh. He just doesn't. He throws like a girl. Yes. And, and isn't it amazing, Box, I just like how time should obviously nowadays the insults are way worse, but. Back in the day, way back when they were coming up, that was a big insult. 
Telling yeah. somebody they throw like a girl was like the worst thing you could say to somebody. Oh yeah, don't worry. I've got the whole that whole insult part down pat. But we will play the whole insult part when uh when the uh the almost rumble happens. Yes. But uh yeah. Ever since that little thing, he's afraid to throw the ball because he yeah. threw it horribly. So he keeps running up and handing the ball back to the to Dennis Leary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just totally afraid to throw it back to him. But uh yeah. you know, yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. No, I was gonna say like I mean obviously uh Dennis Leary in the film isn't his biological father, but right. you, just I can't really describe it, it's more of a visual thing. The look of just pure disgust and disappointment in Dennis Leary's face watching this kid throw is to me one of the most intention one of the most intentionally funny moments in the film. Like just, just like the look at disgust. Like I can't believe this is my kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then finally he gives up. He's like, "All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go." <laughs> he can't throw. He can't catch. But uh, the first ball he catches gives him a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how it gave him a black eye. If you watch the way he catches it, it shouldn't have, but it did. But who cares? It's a movie and. The black eye sort of has something to do with it, but yeah. Yes. So now he's got you know a black eye. Um, it's almost summertime, and he still has no friends. Um, yes. But Benny, once again, we did say him and Benny became best friends, and Benny, you know, goes over, grabs him, and he's like, "Come on, I don't." You know, they never really explained if Benny saw anything in him or what, but uh, Benny did bring him around to all the all the kids again. And, Kind of, you know, give them another chance, give them another chance. And they do. So, of course, what do they do? They go start. Uh, pretty, uh, but I, mean, I guess in 1962, kids would give kids chances. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And another thing that's amazing, uh, not, we don't have to harp on it, but you know what I found amazing, especially living in the Trump, Trump's America? Look at how diverse these friends were. Oh, yeah. And like I said, they didn't harp on a race thing, which is, which is kind of, it was kind of refreshing, especially since this movie was based in the sixties. And you know, realistically, they probably would have had those discussions in real life. If, if this movie were like, say, rated R, even PG 13. Right, right. You would have, you would have had, you would have had, they would have played up the racial tension more. But I just thought that was kind of fascinating that they made sure to, uh, make every, uh, make all of the kids like very diverse. Everybody was almost from a different background. Oh. You know, 1993, yeah, you had to start doing that shit, I guess. I don't know. But, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it definitely was with a lot of fucking, you know, all, all the kids were in there. They gave him another chance. I'm not sure they were happy they gave him another chance, but they gave him another chance. You know what I mean? And I will say this, you know, it, it was a nice change of pace that they didn't make the brother the uh, star of the team. <laughs> yeah, for once. You're right, they did. Yeah, that, that that was a nice change of pace. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty wrong. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they didn't actually. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of the, uh, the Spanish guy. Which, yeah. you know, nowadays makes sense because they're all fucking Puerto Rican. <laughs> all the baseball players are Puerto Rican now, aren't they? Aren't they from Puerto Rico and Mexico and Costa Rica? Uh, never too soon. No, they're all. <laughs> come on. They're, they come on. Ever since Sammy Sosa, let's blame Sosa. Are you drinking enough? Uh, maybe not enough. I don't know. I've, I've, I did have a couple before. But, uh. Alright, we get your, uh, your, your unique factoids ready. No, I'm never drunk enough to do that. Never. Boxes, he's in rare form. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm ever drunk enough to do. But uh, yeah, so now he doesn't even even know where left field is, center field is. This poor guy. But <laughs> shut up, weebs. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, like I said, they give him another chance, but he can't. He just doesn't adjust the base. Um, he runs up. Once he does get a ball, he runs up and he hands it to the pitcher. And I've never seen more kids in more amazement than right now. But uh, Benny kind of works with him a little bit and kind of teaches him a little bit on how to throw the ball, how to catch the ball. And once again, they give him one more chance, one more yeah. fucking chance. And yes. uh, right afterwards, man, he felt really right after he catches it and he throws it back to the pitcher. Yeah. It worked out good for him. Yeah, because what did Benny tell him? He just said, just hold your hand up in the air. And uh, I'll take care of the rest. And, and it's pretty, it's pretty much established from the get go that Benny's kind of like the uh, neighborhood leader. They are, they established that he's like the best player on the team, and that even though they're kids, eleven, twelve years old, they're still like everybody has a respect for Benny. So I think like they didn't really have to go out of their way to say like this is why he sees something in him, and this is why he's working with them. I think it's pretty much implied that he has like that respect amongst uh, his peers in the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Compare him, compare him to like a locker room leader or something. Definitely what Benny is. He's almost like the dad to be. Yeah. It's kind of what it feels like at points. He's almost like the father to these kids. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, because he even, he even points out, like when they were making fun of, you know, his throwing arm and his baseball abilities, mm -hmm. that hey, some of you guys sucked when you first started playing, but we still, we worked with you and you got better over time. Right. So why can't we give him a chance? So, I did kind of like that. Like I said, they sprinkled a lot of messages throughout without beating you over the head with them. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he, after he did, you know, catch the ball, he did feel pretty good about himself. I'm going to go ahead and play that scene a lot. Give you a. Tomorrow, okay? Okay, good. Bob? Eight o'clock tomorrow. Eight o'clock, Benny? Yeah, Bye. See you tomorrow. Benny, wait! Your glove! Keep it, man. Thanks! Oh, yeah. Smalls. Bring a t-shirt and jeans tomorrow, okay? Oh, um, you got a fireplace? Yeah, why? Throw that head in there. Oh, yeah, you know, it was the only one I had. Throw my old head. Eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks, Benny. Great. Eight o'clock. So there you go. Like I said, he's feeling good about himself. Uh, Benny gives him a few tips on how to fit in a little bit better with the other guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, jeans. Yeah, he tells him to wear jeans, tells him to do this. Tell him to burn it. Yeah, that was an ugly ass head. Even by 60 standards. Jesus Christ. Burn that <laughs> motherfucking hat. And uh, he actually starts making a list of things to learn about baseball. These kids. Yeah, he's not a very bad player, man. You know, he does turn out, you know, and we'll get to all that. But, uh, you know, the next scene we go to uh, Patrick Renna, who kind of plays the same character in every, everything, the little fat dude. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's out there, he's hitting the ball. Now, Patrick Renner is probably the best insult artist in this movie. Absolutely. Yep, yep. And, of course, they uh, he hits a home run. And the one thing they try not to do is hit home runs over the fence because the beast lives over the fence. Um, and Scotty doesn't know about the beast yet. He just heard the noise. And he actually is about to jump over the fence and get the ball. They run. They grab him. They pull him down. They probably saved his life. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So? All right. Now, one of the first things that he needed to learn. Um, well, let's skip over that. What they do is, since they can't play, they decide to go on a camp a camp out. Camping trip is what they do. Now, 
I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of a camping trip because once again, this kid is really, he's a real nerd. And this is going to kind of give you an idea of how nerdy he can get ready. He made you do the big fat dishes. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then, you roast the mallow. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate. Then, you cover it with the other end. Yeah, me too. Then, you scuff it. There you go. He didn't even know what a s'more was. Yes, the uh, definition of what you would call a uh, latchkey kid. Yeah, really sheltered, really what the fuck is going on. Yeah, yeah. To show you, to show you how sheltered he was, it was at one point in the movie that his mother basically begged him, like, "I want you to get out, make some friends, get into trouble for God's sakes, not too much." And it's, she, yeah. she said, like, how many mothers tell their sons to willingly get in trouble? Because she really, she wanted him to be a man. <laughs> wanted him to do something, you little wimp. Jesus. When mama start talking to you about being a man, you know it's time to be a fucking man, so, yeah. folks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, now we go to a part where one of the kids starts telling the story about the, I mean, the whole story. How the old man, you know, brought him home and how he became a killer of kids yes. and... <laughs> what, Anthony? No, no. As we go along, I actually uh, have uh, some notes, some factoids. Ooh. Want to know? Want to know a little uh, secret about the beast? Note and factoid away. So the beast, aka Hercules, was an English mastiff. He was played in part by a puppet. So that's how they pulled off the uh, gigantic dog look. It, had, it took two people to operate the beast in this film. Wow! Really? Yes. All right, that makes sense because I mean, you know, right right here when the when the burglars walk in, you can see that that's not a real dog. Yes, God help you if it was. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be a fucking gorilla, like they call it a gorilla dog. They'd be right about that. But uh, it shows how the they tell the whole story, you know, how the police told him he had to put that dog away forever. It was eating kids, all kinds of stuff. It, it, Kind of a cool story. I don't really want to play it. It's kind of a really long uh, play. The whole thing, but, you know. Once again, they they this dog is absolutely ridiculously huge. It's almost as tall as the guy walking. Yes. You know the dog. I know it's probably not the same dog, and I'll be corrected in the chat room. I'm sure. But remember a movie that came out same year actually. Uh, Man's Best Friend. I do, but I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. If you take check that movie out, the dog in this movie is similar. All right. At least to me, I'm not like I said, I'm not not uh, real familiar with all types of breeds of dogs, but in terms of look, to me they were similar. No, it might be the same one. Yeah, some dogs, you know, those 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 dogs all look. <laughs> we said dogs, folks. We said dogs. Right, dogs. I said dogs. <laughs> yeah, they look alike. Although all the dog in the uh, man's best friend flick was black, so take that for what you will, box man. Anyway, what's the next scene? Man. <laughs> Next thing we go to, this is where, uh, yeah, we go through a few more, a few little after the story, they, they BS a little more, but then we go a little bit, we're gonna fast forward just a couple of, and this is where we first see Wendy Peppercorn. Ah, mmm. Walking, and I'll tell you, for the 60s, she had a pretty decent ass. Oh, yes. For the 60s. It wasn't about those 
the butt in the 60s at all. Yes. And, and, and honestly, like, I don't know, man. Women in general back then, 60s, 70s, natural beauty, man, because they didn't, because cosmetic surgery was still very much in its infancy, in some cases non-existent, mm-hmm. you had to rely on natural beauty. And this is, she's what you would call a natural beauty. Yeah, de- definitely. And, uh, you know, one of the kids uh, is absolutely in love with her. Uh, yeah. which, which one? Squint. Squint. Thank I'm you. I'm man Squint. Squint. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, remind me later at the end, that character was actually the subject of a defamation lawsuit. All right, we will have to. Yeah, Squints, yes. Squints is 100% love. Um, yes. So, you know, from from there, they head to the Sandlot. It is too hot to play. So yes. what do they decide to do? Go to the pool. Why do they decide to go to the pool, you might ask? Well... Let them, let's let's just let them tell you. Benny would have played ball all day, all night, rain, shine, tidal wave, whatever. Baseball was the only thing he cared about. But of all the things we ever did besides baseball, going to the pool was what he tolerated best. Even though none of us had ever seen a Playboy magazine, which we constantly lied about, we figured going to the pool was the next best thing to be in there. I remember you. Oh, sexy. Hey, all right, now he's literally doing this, and then what does he do right after this? Uh, there's more to play, but uh, <laughs> he does a cannonball, but uh, and splashes all the girls. Um, Yo, Bobby, I gotta ask. Yeah, was this you in Florida walking on the beach? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure, I'm sure you had better material than that, but I'm just curious. Was this you on the beach? Uh, no, not at all. No, I was never. I was, I was, I, I told you that, shy, you know, just what I was, just what I was. But, uh, here, let's play a little more. It wasn't really the pool honeys, like we said. Because if any one of them had come up to any one of us, we could just peed our pants. We all went because, well, because Wendy Peppercorn was the lifeguard. Right, and once again, squints. He cannot stop looking at her. I don't blame him. Yeah. Rubbing lotion on and looking damn good. Oh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Another one of my factoids. You mentioned they went to the beach because it was super hot, right? So during filming, it was legitimately, like, hot. It got hot. It got upwards to 110 degrees. To the point that uh, Tom Geary, who uh, plays uh, Scotty Smalls, right. actually got weak from running around, like, the uh, sand line and actually... Almost passed out because he ran into a cameraman. Oh, so this so going they might have said it. I don't know if this pool scene was always in the script, but I'm thinking they might have added that because of the legitimate heat issues they were dealing with. Could have been, but uh, yeah. Now, like I said, she's rubbing lotion all over herself. She even gives Squints a little smile. Now, Squints decides that's enough. He's got yeah. a plan. He's got. Oh yeah. He's got a plan. Yes. Um. <laughs> Yes. And it turns out to be a good plan. Um, yes. He goes over to the diving board, and <laughs> we hear all the kids like, what's he doing? That's the deep end, and he can't swim. And they're like, he's finally lost it after, all, after two years. <laughs> That's right. Now, remember, Wendy Peppercorn is the lifeguard. Uh, he takes off his glasses, he gives her a wave, and he dives in, sinks to the bottom, and she jumps in and saves him. Ah. Uh. And starts giving them mouth to mouth. Oh, uh, excuse me, Bob, I'm going to stop you right no, there. Go ahead, go ahead. So, so on the course of this scene, right, 
uh, speaking of this game here, the director gave the actor uh, Chauncey Leopard. I'm sure I'm butchering his name, Leopardi. He gave him a stern reminder to keep his tongue in his mouth during this scene. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like at that point, you got the job. What would you do, Bob? I, I would just take my chances. <laughs> at that point, you got the job. You two, y'all, they was too deep in the filming at that point. Yeah, I forgot. I just forgot. I don't know what happened. I I, I forgot. It just the the, yeah. Yeah. the the moment took me over. That's probably what I it, would have to say. I got lost in the scene. You know, I, I was you know method acting. Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. method acting. Absolutely, but yeah, she starts giving him mouth to mouth. At one point, he looks over at his friends and gives them a smile and then pulls her in for the kiss. Um, and, yes. uh, it, they think, and at one point, they even say, oh, you shit. But, <laughs> hey, the man, hey, look, if, if, look, if it had, if that had been the only thing he did in his life, guess what? He would have died a legend. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I got to agree with you, man. He would have. Yes, I mean, think about it, man. Because you know, all jokes aside, I mean, I know we got the hashtag Me Too shit going on today, <laughs> but a move like that, it takes balls. You got to admit, it takes a lot of balls. Yeah, and let's remember this was set in 1962. Don't everyone be like, "Did he just try to rape her?" Right? Yeah. So yeah, he he snuck a kiss. That's that's what they used to call that. Shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So squints now. One more little scene. Well, I got a few more scenes to play, but I do want to play right after that. Um, they give him some props, and here we go. Been planning it for years. You guys didn't know about it. You know what he was doing. Michael Squints Polidorus walked a little taller that day, and we had to tip our hats to him. He was lucky she hadn't beat the crap out of him. We wouldn't have blamed her. What he'd done was sneaky, rotten, and low and cool. Not another one among us would have ever in a million years, even for a million dollars, had the guts to put the move on the lifeguard. He did. He had kissed a woman, and he had kissed her long and good. We got banned from the pool forever that day, but every time we walked by after that, the lifeguard looked down from her tower, right over at Squints, and smiled. <laughs> and it even showed her giving him a little wave. So, you know, she respected it, too. Yeah. She did. She did. I mean, she did, and plus, look once again, man. Like, yeah, he stole a kiss, but at the at the core, not just Squints, but all of the kids, you could tell like they had like lovable qualities about them. When you knew at the end of the day, they were and they were just kids, kids being kids. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just kids fucking going out, having a good time, you know, doing what kids do. I know this sounds weird. Oh my god, they're like going outside and playing baseball and doing stuff. Like, like where's the computers? Where's the Where's their yeah. iPhones? No, this was 1962. No computers, no iPhones. Kids actually went outside. Yes, and and surprise, surprise, they actually grew up to as we'll kind of as we go through the film. They actually grew up to be like well-adjusted human beings. Oh yeah, I've definitely got well, except for one of them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, that is going to be the last clip, so don't worry about that. It's a long one, but it will be the last. Uh, yeah, so now they go and we're at July uh, 4th, and they have a night game. And they're all out there playing. They're watching the fireworks. Great. I mean, you know, it's really cool. I, that probably would be really cool sitting out there playing baseball, watching fireworks. That would be damn cool. But, yeah. uh, you know, as you goddamn home run over the fence. But they're all watching the fireworks anyway. And they're all just amazed by the fireworks. Yes. And, uh, and we should kind of point out that this is the scene where they kind of like 
all of the kids like baseball, but this team pretty much established that Benny, he, this was his going to be his plan. Right. This is the deal. Cause it kind of, they kind of like established that, like he was playing literally, he was treating baseball like a nine to five gig. Exactly. Yeah. He was, he, he wanted to, it definitely shows who was the one that, uh, was going to go on the bigger and yeah. so, and he did, and he did. But, uh, this is the point where they go on to the next day. They're, of course, playing baseball. And the rival, I guess the rival baseball team pulls up. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to play this clip and we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to actually restart my computer, refresh Mixler in a minute. But, um, we'll play this clip. We'll give it a little talk. We'll take a break and then we'll come right. Um, but yeah, this is the, the, I, I, the rival baseball team, the local baseball team pulls up. Um, by the way, I love this song, Green Onions, that's playing in the background here. Great fucking song. Um, I was a big fan of, like, all of the songs played throughout the movie. You know, obviously they before both our times, but I dug the soundtrack. My parents always listened to old music, so I knew all the songs and everything, but Green Onions is a song that I've just always heard. It's in a ton of, it's in, um, Get Shorty. He's walking down the street, they're playing this song. Uh, yeah, you, you'll hear a little bit of it, and then you'll hear uh, some insults. Yeah, it's easy when you play with a bunch of rejects and a uh, fat kid, Rodriguez. Shut your mouth, Phillips. What'd you say, crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball. Except for Rodriguez, you're all an insult to the game. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Yeah! 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 You plan a real diamond porter. You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Puss licker. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mixed your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob for apples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl! Okay, real quick, just let everyone know, at this point, they are all sitting there in awe that he had the balls to say that. And you know what, Anthony? This part here does very much remind me of A Christmas Story, the triple dog dare. Oh, yeah. This part here 100% does remind me of A Christmas Um. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I can definitely... Uh, I did want to real quickly mention just they're all sitting there in awe that he had the balls to say this. What did you say? Tomorrow. Noon? At our feet. It's a buffalo butt breath. Count on it, pee-drinking crap face! Yeah! yeah. Let's go! That's a damn good part right there. Now, before they get to the game, real quick, we're going to go ahead and take a break, everybody, for a minute. Then you're not going to hear music, and then you hear it again. But uh, just give us a couple minutes. I to get rid of that kissing in the background. I don't know. Let's, that's the last thing I'm going to try. So give us a couple minutes here, and we'll be right. See ya! Oh, yeah. We're back. Sorry about that, everybody. Everything should sound a lot better now. Did a little restart. Everything sounds better now. Hopefully, everyone can still hear us. We're good. Anthony, you feel better? Yeah. You feel better? Yeah. All right, good. We all feel better. I love it. All right. We left off 
where the rival team, I guess we could call them the rivals, uh, was going and telling they were insulting each other, and they are now at the game. Remember, the rival team said noon. Our yeah, little stare down. It's kind of like a uh, Clint Eastwood moment. Hang them high. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I don't. Know. Oh shit! <laughs> I might have had a shot or two during the break. Uh, but let's, 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 let's keep going here. And, um, all right. So now they're at the field. Now the funniest part is Patrick Renna is completely making fun of every single person that comes up to, to bat. And of course, share the audio, Anthony. And I'm going to go ahead and play that for you here. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Sorry, it's guys. easy when you... I screwed up. There we go. Hurry up, batter. It's a short game and I gotta get home for lunch. <laughs> That's one. My dog goes ugly. I cheat his butt and tell him to walk back. Here it comes. I got a strike three hero. I have your sister out there in left field. Naked. She's naked. Shut up, Porter. Hey, hey, hey. I'm just trying to have a little friendly conversation. Come on. Go out with me. So whole time he's dogging all the fucking players, and uh, they don't really give it back to him. And th- number one, number two, they go out there, and these kids, I mean, have been—they're hitting home run after home run. They're getting doubles. They're getting everything. The local Sandlot boys tear this team apart. Yes. And they're proud of it, and they should be. But yeah, they beat the shit out of these guys. I don't, um, I don't remember if, if they even say the score, but I know they beat the hell out of them. Yeah. So look, let me let me ask you, Box. Are you surprised? You know that they didn't save this for like the uh, ending, like kind of like a savage, like a little story, like an ongoing beef. Or do you think it wasn't necessary? Um, I think I think if maybe the main plot of this movie was baseball, but the main plot of this movie was best friends and. I think that it, it fit well in the middle. If if it was a movie about baseball more than a best friend movie, maybe you could have put it at the end as a you know ending scene. But uh, you know, it 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 just wasn't. I mean, and and when you know, I, I don't want to ruin the end, but when we do hear the end, you'll see why I think it it, it fit better in the middle. And uh, you know, maybe we'll roll back to it. But uh, from there. We go to the scene where they say they did the stupidest thing they've ever done, ever. Anthony, this is the carnival scene. Yeah, and uh, I got some factors, but I'll let you uh, run through the scene first, sir. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, All right, yeah, that's fine. Real quick, what they do is they go to a carnival, and one of the kids pulls out chewing tobacco. Now, obviously, as big baseball fans, that's what the guys used to chew tobacco. They would spit. So obviously these kids were just looking to be like the baseball players. They shove, all of them finally shove a little bit of tobacco in there, and they go on a ride called the Yo-Yo. Just imagine what that ride's like. Jesus. Yeah, so needless to say, there's some puking going on. They puked all over themselves, the girls, the guys behind them, everybody. It was disgusting. But, uh, Anthony, roll on with your factoids, my man. Okay, the uh, chewing tobacco, the, <laughs> the chewing tobacco 
son of a bitch. Anthony, the chewing tobacco. Would you like some of my beer by any yes. chance? Would this help you out at all? Yes. The chewing tobacco. Here we go. There you go. From the, uh, car- it's like me trying to say mix match, mix match challenge. <laughs> yes. It ain't, it ain't, yes, it ain't easy. Live, folks. We're live. So uh, the chewing tobacco from the carnival scene was really made out of licorice and bacon bits. And the actors later said, combined with riding the carnival rides for so many takes, it made them as sick as their fictional counterparts got. So the environment by that scene, it was a mixture of a spit, split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, water, and gelatin. Dude, licorice and bacon bits is bad enough. Yeah, so they legitimately got sick during the scene. That's just nasty, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what, what do you think I told first, the ride or that mixture? I mean, obviously it was just food, but it was just food that wasn't meant, wasn't meant, to, meant to go together. No, probably a little bit of both, I would say. Had to be that. Cause that's, that's nasty, man. And yeah, I mean, how many times can you ride that ride? That's a, put it this way, this ride is, um, it's spinning. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's twirling and spinning. It's kind of like, um, imagine a Gravitron, but, it's not. It's a roller. It's kind of like a roller coaster seats, and yeah, they all puke. I mean, physics will tell you you puke on the side. It's going to the person behind you. Definitely. Yes, and I, yeah, and as a kid, I was a big time fan of amusement parks, but rides like this got me every fucking time. Honestly, dude, I can ride anything. I can, oh, so you got a high tolerance? She never puked. Nope. I can ride anything, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> right after I eat, <laughs> it won't matter. I can, I've, I've, I've ridden some crazy shit. <laughs> Excuse me. And I've, I, I love roller coasters. And, you know, my dad always tells you, know, don't go to the, the, those little fairs. They're, those rides are put together with nothing but cotter pins. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, back then, I got, it seems like back then the rides might have been safer because it wasn't until more modern times that the, uh, we started having all of these issues with rides, you know, breaking down in the middle. People, you know, unfortunately losing their lives. Well, that's because the rides from 1962 are finally breaking down in 2008. <laughs> that's, that, well, that's the that's why they're breaking now, Anthony. You got to realize that it's uh that's the problem. You know, that's that's that's, that's what's going on. But, yeah, they are, aren't they? I don't know, Box. You tell me. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, hey, they're carnies. When do we? We know yeah. how carnies are. But, uh, yeah. So, alright. After the carnival, uh, they get into even more trouble. Probably the worst trouble they've ever. They go, like he says, it all started off with, oh, excuse me. The omen was they were playing ball and Benny hit the thing so hard he tore the cover off. Yes. Now, that is something not a lot of people can do. And I've always, I've, I've I've only seen it a few games actually be done. Have you ever witnessed like seen it like on TV or anything? Oh, this is honestly this is the first time and the only time I've seen it. Really? Yeah. I'm sure some of our baseball fans could tell us uh, some of the people that have actually done this in real life. I do not know. I'm not a fucking baseball fan. B Megs is saying he say he's he's seen it once, but uh, I don't know anyone who's actually done this. But yeah, he literally tears the cover. Off the ball, the kids catch it, and it's nothing but elastic in his hand. Because um, basically, I think of baseball is just a bunch of rubber bands rolled together, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But it, it, 
takes a bad man to bust that base, bust the baseball the way this man did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so basically, what happens here is remember we mentioned that Babe Ruth ball that Dennis Leary or Bill put up on the shelf that he was so proud of. Well, yes. old Scotty Smalls goes, "I know where a baseball is." And he goes and gets the baseball. Now, they start playing with that baseball. And now, what do you think would happen? What, what's the worst that could happen here? And let's see here. Could get, could get lost. Could get damaged. Could go over the fence and into the mouth of the beast. It does go into the mouth of the beast over the fence. And this kid realizes is screwed. Big time screwed. Um, I hadn't really planned on playing that scene, but you know what? Let's play a little bit of it. What the hell? We have four clips left to play. What's one more going to hurt, right? Absolutely. Yeah, here we go. You don't understand! Feel bad because you built your home. No, you don't understand! That wasn't my ball! What? That wasn't your ball. It was my stepdad's. I stole it from his trophy. It was a present or something. Somebody gave it to him. But we gotta give it back. It's gonna kill me! Listen to me, small. The matter of life and death. Did your old man get that ball? What? I don't know. Some lady gave it to him. Why? Yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth! I don't know. I hear the name Baby Ruth, and all I think of is uh, Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Ruth. <laughs> that's, that's all I think of when I hear Baby Ruth is fucking the movie Goonies. But uh yeah, so he finally does realize it's Babe Ruth. The Babe Ruth that actually yeah. signed that ball. They tell him who it is and he finally realizes how bad he screwed up. Benny's got a bright idea though. Yeah. To at least buy him some time. He goes, they scrape up cans and bottles and get themselves a baseball. And he signs it. Now, if you notice the way he signed it, he put an E at the end of Babe Ruth. Did you ever notice that? Yeah. I don't know why that was never brought up in the film. Hmm. Who knows? I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe it was like one of those things where they was, maybe it was overlooked. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. Here we go. And, you know, one funny thing, though, about uh, about this is Dennis Leary actually, in one of his comedy sketches, actually talks about Babe Ruth being a, like basically Weeb says here, a womanizing alcoholic and an amphetamine user. But he also was the kind of guy that ate red meat, smoked cigarettes. And he actually has a little thing in his act where he talks about what a kind of scumbag he is. So it's kind of weird that this is all a part. But, um, yeah. He does. So basically what now what Scotty's going to do is put the ball back into the bedroom or the uh, study, study, library study, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And uh, I'm going to play a little Look bit of jukebox. Trying to class it up at year three. Trying there to class you. it up. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Whatever the fuck you call it. That's classy. Uh, <laughs> that's class right there. Class, not ass. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I really hate that I can do that impression so well and so quick. It just scares me a little bit. Uh, but oh, Jesus. yeah, yeah. This, this <laughs> oh God, we're we're starting off the uh, third year kind of gay, aren't we? So let's move on to the next scene before it gets too gay. 
Chris, not that there's anything wrong with it. God damn it! Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, we are we are at the scene where he uh, putting the ball back, and his mother decides to tell him a wonderful story just to make him feel a little more guilty. And this really is the start of kind of the secondary plot to the movie of them having to get this ball back. Um, the beginning of the movie is sort of where you see the friendship between him, Scotty, and Benny grow. But it, you also see that you know the other kids start accepting him. Now we get into the secondary plot of the movie, which is them having to get this Babe Ruth ball back. And you're going to find out why he... Oh, I'm here, Mom. Uh, just Bill's, uh, I mean, uh, Dad's baseball. Oh, he doesn't like you to touch his things. Yeah, I, I know. Sorry, Mom. Have you ever told you about that? Uh, no. Uh, not really. I, I, I don't think so. No, 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 he hasn't at all. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. Babe Ruth, son. He was the greatest baseball player who ever lived. Uh, really? <laughs> Dad's father gave it to me. Someday he'll give it to you. Ah. <sighs> uh. Neat. <laughs> it was salt in an open wound. Even my own mom, a grown-up girl, knew who Babe Ruth was. <laughs> Even my mom, a grown-up girl, knew who Babe Ruth was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I won't fault anybody for not being a fan of, like, you know, a particular sport or a movie or whatever, but it's just certain names that are, like, Americana that you should just know. I mean, like, seriously, like, it's certain names you should know, you know, Hogan. Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Even if you don't follow what they did, like as soon as you hear the name, like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I would even even if someone didn't know who Hulk, Hulk Hogan was, I would think Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. Um, I mean, that's like someone not knowing who the fuck the Beatles are. Come Mike, on. Uh, Mad Madonna, Cher, Tina Turner. It's just certain, like I don't know, man. Certain names you should just know. I agree with you. Sorry, I was taking a. Uh, yeah, I I do agree, but um. Now, realize the ball is over the fence. This dog is haunting them every fucking time they try to get. And they do have some good ideas on how to try to get this ball. Uh, first, they use a stick. The dog gets the stick and tears the stick in half. Then they tie a uh, pan onto a, looks like kind of a metal, almost like a ladder. And yeah. the dog throws that at him. In Not in pieces, but all mangled up. So that didn't work. They then try to use a vacuum method, which that doesn't work. They end up blowing up the treehouse. Brilliant, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the vacuum method I thought was going to work. I like I said, it's been a long time since I'd seen. But yeah, they do end up blowing up their own little uh, treehouse, uh, and uh, you know, just. But finally, they also pick up. Yeah, yeah, and. They try to lower him down into the, in there. <laughs> and, of course, it's not as easy as it looks, and he ends up having to get taken out of there, running, out, getting out of there. He drops the ball on the, he had it in his hand. Had it. He had it. But when they yanked him back up, he dropped the ball, literally and figuratively. Yeah. 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 Uh, then, uh, Tom, uh, Scotty goes and builds one last thing to try to get it, he takes his erector set. Go ahead. And he <laughs> makes a little catapult out of it. And right when they catapult it out of there, they finally almost get it. That dog jumps up in the air, snatches that ball one. So once again, they're they cannot yes. get this ball. No way, no how. It's just not working. And he's uh, he's freaking out a little bit. Scotty is. 
This is yeah. how much he's freaking out. Life was over. Just as Bill had finally warmed up to me and asked me to be the man of the house, I had to knock a priceless chunk of history into the clutches of a monster. Great. I had a dream then about a giant baseball signed by Babe Ruth falling out of the sky and hammering me into the ground like a railroad spike. I didn't know what that meant. But Benny had a dream that night too, and his was a lot more helpful. Alright, so Benny has a dream too. Now, Anthony. Yes. I just play the dream. You can. But uh, real quick, um, since we're, this is <laughs> as good a time as any to bring this up. So this film is actually semi-autobiographical. So a lot of this stuff is, they got had to change some names, change some events around. But a lot of this, this stuff really happened. So the movie was inspired in part by a childhood experience that the uh, co-writer slash director David Mc, Mickey Evans' brother had. So some older guys wouldn't let him, wouldn't let Evans play baseball with them. So when they lost the ball over a brick wall, he thought he could get on their good side by retrieving it from them. Uh, retrie- retrieving it for them, sorry. Mm-hmm. So when he when he hopped the wall, he found a giant dog named Hercules waiting for him, and he was bitten. So yeah, all of this really happened. With the, you know, I don't know if they did like director sets. There you go. Use <laughs> director sets and all that kind of stuff. But yes, they did have. There was a ball that did go over fence. A big giant ass dog was involved. Maybe not as big as Hercules' hair was. But uh, yeah, except that dog did bite. Wow. So yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. That's 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 pretty cool though. That you know, it's a lot of you know when you think about it, a lot of movies have real life you know scenes that people have experienced in real life, and that's why they came come to play the way they do. So. Have you ever been bitten by a dog? Though? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Recently I've, or like when you were a kid? Not when I was a kid. I've had dogs all my life. We had one that just didn't like people. Whether it was us or anyone else, he hated people. He bit my sister, gave her stitches in her eye. And did y'all heat the dog, or did y'all like he got to go? No, we kept. No, nah, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a problem. Like, <laughs> you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, we kept. It was a she was taunting him, whatever. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play the dream that <clears throat> that uh, uh, what's his Benny. What did I, Benny, I, I want to call him Benjamin for a minute, which is probably what it's short for. Yeah, I did want to go ahead and... Actually, it was. They do say it was short for Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Close enough. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got... Uh, Weeds is still in the chat box. He's going to give you a few receipts for that, bro. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let me go ahead. And, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play the dream. Another clip I hadn't planned on playing. We only got 26 minutes left. I'm going to go ahead and play the dream. Here it is. This is the dream Benny had. About Babe Ruth. Who's there? Don't go pee in your pants, kid. I'm just here to give you a hand. But you're... Dead? Legends never died. But you're really him. You're the babe. The salt and the swat. The king of crash. crash and a hundred other... Forget about that stuff, kid. You ain't got much time. I'm here because you're in some kind of a pickle, right? Yeah. A baseball with my John Hancock on it went over a fence and you can't get it back, right? Yeah, right. Then just hop over there and get it. Wait, wait. I can't. Yeah, what? I can't go into that backyard. Why not? There's a beast back there. What kind? A giant gorilla dog thing that ate one kid already. Is that a fact? Shut up. I have to say, wouldn't wouldn't his like mom like or dad? Wouldn't someone smell smoke? The guy is smoking a fucking cigar in the house. Ah, uh, well. Oh, uh, it's, oh. I got, it's, it's one of those things where it's a dream sequence, so you kind of got to give uh, a little creative leeway, Bob. All right, fine. All I'm saying is cigars really smell. <laughs> and, uh, like, even though this is a movie and this isn't the real Babe Ruth, 
did you get, was he giving you douche chills here? Even though he was trying to be like, I don't know, like a mentor and give advice, he kind of came across as a dick here. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I mean, the Babe Ruth really was not a nice guy, and that's proven. You know, read some stuff about him. He was not a very nice guy. He wasn't a very good guy. He was just a great baseball player. That's really it. I mean, I'm not trying to put the guy down or anything. Hey, he was an amazing baseball player, but that's kind of where it stopped. It, the, I know they did a movie on him. Wasn't that uh, wasn't John Goodman Babe Ruth in there? I don't I know. Something else? I don't know. You're welcome to look it up as we're uh, playing the last part of, yes. of the dream right here. And I'm going to go ahead and play the last part. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Everybody gets one chance and great. Most people never take the chance, either because they're too scared or they don't recognize it when it spits on their shoes. This is your big chance. You shouldn't let it go by. Remember when you busted the guts out of the ball the other day? Someone's telling you something, kid. And if I was you, I'd listen. But what? <laughs> one of the rubber legs. Figure it out. Henry, Aaron, I don't know why, but can I have this kid? Sure. Wait, you're saying I should hop over that fence and pickle the beast? Think about that, kid. Alright, so there's the dream. Now, real quick, I do want to bring up the fact. Now, the card that he looked at, obviously the name on it, that, that was actually Hank Aaron, the baseball card that wanted to keep. Hank Aaron would actually go on to break Babe Ruth's all-time home run record. So that was the little the little jab right there. Yes, and uh, to uh, clarify what I was talking about earlier, there was a movie that came out in 1982, The Babe, John Goodman. We might have to get to that one of these uh, weeks. Yeah, I like John Goodman. That would work. That would work. So, all right. He, uh, there we go. So his dream told him to just jump that fence and go get that ball. Seems easy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. like I said, he came across as very dickish. He was, I love how he just was like, hey, yeah, why don't you just hop over there and get it? <laughs> hop over, you fucking pussy. Get the fucking ball. What are you fucking thinking? Oh, God. Get the ball. Joe Pet. Joe Pesci as Babe Ruth sounds very uh, promising there, Box. Oh, no, That'd no, be, no, actually no. be awesome. That would be more, uh, hey, get the fucking ball. Go over the fucking fence and get the fucking ball, you motherfucker. What do you think, you some fucking Jew bastard? Come on, motherfucker. Uh. <laughs> you believe this shit over here? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Oh, I'm too afraid to go get the fucking... Get, shut the fuck up. Get over that fence and get the fucking ball. Yeah. Come on. All right. We need a rigid our sandwich. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's exactly right. But, uh, all right. Anyway, now, we go to the next scene. Now, remember, Benny had his dream, and they show him putting on the shoes that are guaranteed to make a person jump higher and run faster. They were called F-Flyers. Now, these were real shoes, and they actually made a little resurgence after this movie, believe it or not. Um, all the kids in the movie were actually wearing either PF Flyers or Converse. PF Flyers were sort of like Converse. If you watch him put them on, they look almost exactly, almost yeah. exactly. Yes, and uh, Wild Box, I, I, <laughs> Converse. That's another thing that makes me feel. Old. I mean, they've been around for like decades. Decades. Oh yeah, yeah, they've been around a long fucking time. Well, I mean, this movie, I, I believe they've been around since. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's some crazy shit, man. Yeah, so he puts on the old PF flyers, and like I said, they they actually did have a little resurgence because of this movie. Uh, I don't know if you could still. I'm, I'll bet you could go online and still get. Them. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you could probably go a pair of these shoes and 
you know, they they do. They look just like Converse. But, uh, you know, obviously they're trying to talk Benny out of this. He puts on the shoes and he's ready to go over the fence. And I'll be damned. He hops the fence. The dog comes out. He's got the fucking ball in his mouth. He spits it out. And this is a stare down. This is a fucking, this is literally a fucking high new stare down. Clint Eastwood. There you go. I can't wait to keep dry from smoking. But, uh. Damn, he was just about to hit, get to the best part. <laughs> I, I really should have kept the. Uh, I, sh- I should have had the part where Eddie Murphy did it. It would have been better. Um, <laughs> that's what I should have done. But yeah, he goes. He runs after the ball, and he does get it. And he starts to take off, and he gets to it. The dog's chain breaks, and the dog jumps the fence. He's chasing Benny. Basically, he chases Benny through houses, through parking lots through fucking everywhere and they end up back at the of course they they end up back there so i mean he goes to a a parade where uh these poor bakers are trying to save this giant four-tier five-tier cake and they finally save it and a poor guy on stilts falls down and ruins the whole cake all their work doesn't matter they go through the pool the, the pool area where they were earlier they kind of flash back to all the scenes where they were and finally, they go towards the sandlot. He sees everybody, tells him, go towards the sandlot. And they do go to the sandlot. Uh, Benny jumps the fence back over to the beast's territory. And the beast tries to jump it. And instead, he hits the fence and it falls on top of him. sad little part in the movie. And the dog is hurt. Scotty is trying to get the fence off of him. Because it's a big fence. He can't do it himself. Benny goes over and helps him. And the dog that they thought was a beast ends up coming over, staring Scotty in the face, and he ends up licking Scotty's face, and he becomes really good friends with all these kids, this dog. Um, basically, it was like um, a, a mutual respect was gained at that point, because I, as weird, weird as it is to say, I feel like the dog kind of gained respect for Benny, uh, basically not being, a, not being a bitch and hopping the fence to get his property back. Well, not his property, but, you know, Smalls. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, you know, they it was a good thing to do for the dog. And they even, you know, the dog even becomes kind of their mascot at once. Basically, what they do from here is now they do go up to the owner, like they had planned to do in the beginning. And everyone told them they do walk up to the man who is played by James Earl Jones. Uh, he invites the two kids in for baseball talk. And I'm going to play a little bit of that scene. And uh, uh, we are almost done with the Bubble, aren't you, son? Yeah, well. That was my stepdad's. I took it without asking. It was signed by Babe Ruth. George signed this? George Herman Ruth? Yeah. I take it back. You're not in trouble. You're dead where you stand. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Here, I'll trade you. That's really nice of you, but that ball really is signed by Babe Ruth. So is this one with the rest of the 1927 Yankees. Man, murderous roll. Lou Gehrig. Babe Ruth. But why would you trade? That one's all chewed up. I got a lot of good stuff. Look at that stuff. Besides, you need it more than I do. For music, a little more nice talking, but, you know, the man that they basically thought was the meanest man in town turned out to be one of the nicest men in town. He, he was blind, so he stayed in his house, and no one went to see And the only, you know, stipulation he had was, I'll give you that ball if you guys come over here once a week and talk baseball with me. Um, he did turn out to be a former baseball player who got blinded by a pitch to the eye. And, uh, like I said, he turned out, you know, the meanest man in the neighborhood turned out to be the nicest. 
and the mean old dog, the beast, turned out to be a great fucking dog, too. But uh, the one thing, you know, obviously he gets in a little bit of trouble, but his stepdad is pretty happy he brings home a ball with the whole 1927 Yankees. I'll bet, uh, I'll bet uh, old Dennis Leary had some mixed feelings about that, holding the ball like that. But uh, I'm curious, though, Bob, what do you think something like that would be worth? If somebody were to come across that ball a day. Yeah, like Weebs just said in the chat, that would probably be worth a, a, a 1927 signed by all the 27 Yankees. Like, you know, they called it Murderer's Row. That was basically, yeah, man, that would be worth a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> People could pay off, like, their debt, their grandkids, great-grandkids' debt oh, yeah. for years to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely fucking definitely. Only person that could afford that ball is somebody like Oprah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oprah, Trump. Trump would probably buy it. He probably would. But yeah, nah, nah, I, nah, I think he'd probably just stick to buying the bennies of the world. <laughs> yeah, he might. He might. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he does start getting along. Uh, Scotty starts getting along a little better with Stepdad, which he finally has no problem calling Dad anymore. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the last scene here, then we'll kind of wrap up a little bit. But let's play the last. Oh. For a couple of more years, mostly through junior high school, and every summer was great, but none of them ever came close to that first one. When one guy would move away, we never replaced him on the team with anyone else. We just kept the game going like he was still there. Wow, that hurt my hand. It was weird that Benny had said Babe Ruth was like the Hercules of baseball, and the beast's name ended up being Hercules. None of us could ever figure out what that meant. But we were all amazed by it. <laughs> I kept in touch with those guys over the years, and I found out that Yaya's parents shipped him off to military school. After the army, he became one of the pioneering developers of bungee jumping. Of course, we all know why. Bertram, well, Bertram got really into the 60s, and no one ever saw him again. Timmy and Tommy became an architect and a contractor. They started out small, designing playground equipment and prefabricated tree houses. But they became multi-millionaires when they invented mini-malls. Squints grew up and married Wendy Pepperhorn. They have nine kids. They bought Vincent's Drugstore and they still own it to this day. Hamilton Porter became a professional wrestler. You know him as the Great Hambino. DeNunez played AAA ball, but he never got to the major. He owns his own business now and he coaches a Little League team that his sons play on, called the Heaters. Hercules lived to be 199 years old, uh, in doggy years. I was the last one to move away. But when I did, the Sandlot was still there. After Benny pickled the beast, his reputation spread all over town. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And the nickname stuck with him for the rest of his life. all this last part here but uh benny does end up playing you know professional baseball uh, uh and he is called benny the jet right now it shows him you know he's on the dodgers the la dodgers he's uh he steals home and of course the announcer the commentator is scotty yeah that that, that I, I don't know when i first saw it that was like a nice little uh wow what the f makes sense it, it, it made sense by the end of the movie but that was actually a nice little uh tie in there would yeah. you have guessed that, that would have supposed to be in grown up um 
I didn't guess that he would be like an announcer or something. I thought he would have done something else, you know, because they always kind of, his parents were always talking about how smart he was. It was a nice little twist, and it was a good little twist to the, to the end of the movie. And again, why I think this scene belongs where it is, the baseball scene belongs where it is. It was just one of those things that this movie, I think everything was well-placed, the scenes were well-placed. And once again, the the older Benny was actually Benny's brother. So, you know, if you're like, wow, they looked alike. Yep, they should have. They were real brothers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, and I don't think I've sat in through and through. I did tonight. I'm glad I did. This was a really good movie. Like I said, it started off as a, it, it kind of evolved, this movie sort of did. It started off as a movie about best friends, moved into about a, a, a kid trying to get a ball back from a dog, and then it sort of just morphed itself right back into a best friend. So it sort of went out, gave the secondary plot, and tied itself right back together. Yeah. There you go, Anthony. Yeah. 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 That's it? <laughs> That's it? No, 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 seriously. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just having a little fun. No, but, uh, I don't know, man, like, movie holds up incredibly well. I watched it for the first time in a long time, a few days ago. And, uh, yeah, like I said, like, I like the overall message of it, and I like the fact that they didn't beat you over the head with it. I felt like I learned something, but it didn't beat me over the head with it, and I feel like that's the legacy of the film. Yeah, yeah. I would go with that. Now, we've been bringing up some good stuff in here. Now, there was a Sandlot 2 from 2005, uh, direct-to-video sequel. The only person that came back in that movie was James Earl Jones um, as that same, you know, little character. There was another one in 2007, The Sandlot Heading Home, another direct-to-video. Luke Perry is in the movie. Well, that should tell us a little bit something. Um... It goes back a little bit, and Squints is actually in that one too, but neither one of the sequel, let's face it, neither one of the two when they tried to go back to the well and make money off this movie worked, um, which goes back to, we always say there's some movies that just don't need to have a Yeah, absolutely. Here it absolutely. is. Here it is. There's certain times you do not mess with perfection, and this is one of them. I think that movie, like I said, I think it was perfectly done. Um, perfectly, you know, every scene was perfectly placed, and like I said, it's sort of, you know, the storyline stayed, but it evolved, and then it wrapped it right back up in the same storyline. It went from baseball, dog, right back to baseball with the dog. So, yeah. it, it, it was just one of those movies that wrapped up nice. And I got a few little factoids if you uh want to end on a funny, you know, good nature note. Sure. So, uh, Wendy Peppercorn, mm -hmm. the, the uh, lifeguard, she was actually based on a uh, girl named Bunny. Bunny? I'm not sure what the name is worth. Wendy Peppercorn or Bunny? So she was partly based on a girl that the uh, director knew that he remembered from his childhood. A lifeguard in a red baby suit named Bunny. He, was probably, <laughs> he probably remembers trying to bang her like the character in the movie does. Hey, look, sometimes it's not all about the name, man. Just <laughs> If the body's right, hey, a name's a name. Yeah? I guess you're right, man. I guess you're right. So uh, the kids in the film, they were super excited to meet Darth Vader, or a.k.a. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I, I wouldn't blame him, man. At that, that, the time this movie was made, that shit was still going going strong, man. So yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. But in the notes here, I made sure to point out they were almost as taken with meeting him as they were Marley Shelton. That was the girl that played Wendy. Well, 
So not so 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 you know James Earl Jones great and all, but tits ultimately won out more. Dude, and she still looks good today. If you look at the uh, if you look at some updated pictures, she's still looking hot as hell. So this is twenty five years ago. If I had mm-hmm. to guess, she looks like she's around what early like late teens, early twenties. So she's in what early fifties now. Yeah, probably. She looks good though. She looks damn good still. Good for her, but yeah, man, definitely this is one I would definitely recommend to jump back and watch one more time. Oh, oh box. Yeah. Remember what I told you? Remind me uh, about the uh, lawsuit. Ah, yes. Please bring that up. Okay, so, okay. Yes. So the movie was at the center of a major lawsuit. Sandlot was at the center of a lawsuit that eventually had a major impact on Hollywood. A man named Michael Polidorus sued 20th Century Fox, claiming that his former classmate, David Mickey Evans, the guy who made the movie, had based the character of Michael Squints Polidorus on him and that it caused him embarrassment and humiliation. A judge decided that there wasn't enough similarity to justify the lawsuit, meaning that movie studios could continue using characters inspired in part by real-life people. Somebody was trying to get paid. <laughs> That's exactly what that shit was. That guy was trying to get... And I'm glad the and, judge saw through that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, yeah. And, like, I mean, look, I mean, obviously the, the character of was a nerdy type character, but I don't think it was anything that, you know, even if he was based on a real person that you could say, yeah, that makes me look stupid. Yeah, that, that's, that's funny. If, if it's shit, if anything, like, in terms of pecking order, based on what uh, Squints pulled off in the movie, would you say he's at least top two or three baby face in the whole movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a bit of a heel for the movie pulled off. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. He's a fake. He's a, I, I'm going to call him a tweener. <laughs> okay. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> tweener, tweener. But, uh, yeah, man. Fucking touched on about every damn thing we could in this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. Anthony, really appreciate you hanging with me for two years and doing this shit. But, Same here, sir. Let's hope we get at least two more out of this. Minimum. Yes. Min- yeah, minimum. No. No, no. Fuck that. I'm, look. Trying to get the at least five years box. That way we'll have enough episodes in the can to go into syndication, and you will finally, finally be forced to pay me my royalties. You and Shaheen, bitches. Yeah, we'll royalties. talk about that. I think we can talk about that another show. I think what we need to do at this point is remind everybody that you can catch me and Anthony right here every other Saturday night right here at Mixer.com slash THD Podcast. We'll be here uh, not next Saturday, the Saturday afterwards. Uh, like I said, we're going to be putting a few of these up on the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash network. Don't forget that one's a network. And uh, don't forget to catch me and Shaheen. We're always out uh, Wednesday nights. Tuesday nights, Bob. Tuesday. Tuesday nights now. Sorry. Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Mixer.com slash podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All this time and hanging with us late at night. We really appreciate everybody. And uh, we will see y'all later. Anthony, anything else? Oh, yeah. Uh, your next Rain Man episode, Friday night, May 11th. So yeah. this Friday, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh there, yeah. This Friday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gotta shout out everybody. This is, look, you know what? Look, we should end on this note. This is the anniversary show, so we shout out everybody. We want to shout out Doug, you, Shaheen, Weebs, Bobby Anthem. Uh, Smart, you know, Tommy, obviously, THC Original. And, uh, I think we should let Spencer out of the closet. Special episode. Oh, so shit. if you hear this, Spencer, Spencer don't forget about you Yuck this, Nasty hanging in the chat yes. room right now. Fucking thank you, Yuck. You always promote us. Appreciate that. 
And yes, uh, so everybody late. else, Scott Greer, hanging out in the chat room. Look at him. He's out here late at night with us, too. Thank everybody. Yes. Everybody. D-Meg, you're hanging out with us. Appreciate everybody. Yes. And, you went uh, old. There Love you all, bros. That's it. And we will see you all in a couple of weeks. Or uh, jump on Patreon, and you can check out the uh, next episode we do. All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Peace. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs>